Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Tim Everett with my good friend Garrett Rance uh, here this morning. We're going to talk about small towns, um, advantages to small towns, and how that relates financially. Uh, Garrett, your wife's a doctor who works in the city. Yes. Uh, you can work from anywhere, but yet you choose to live in not just any small town, but our small town was in a survey where we were ranked the 14th poorest it's sad. town in America. So uh, why do y'all do this? Why do you live um, outside of the city or, or really outside of the suburb even into a small town? Are there advantages? Absolutely. And, and there's there's multiple reasons why we choose to live here in Spring Hill. Now, we're both from Spring Hill. Mm-hmm. And so this is home for us. This is our hometown. This is where we went to K through 12. This is where we went to high school. Um, and there's, there tends to be two types of people from small towns, those that hate it and want to get out as soon as they can, and those that end up feeling like this is home and this is where you belong and that you have something to contribute to the town, if at all possible. And it's not possible for everybody, uh, depending on the career field that you choose. And, you know, I was blessed with, you know, my father having a business in this town and me having a segue into having a career in this town. And um, Jenny actually uh, prefers to work here, if at all possible. But just from a a time perspective, it actually she gets more time off, if you can believe it or not, (laughs) working in the city and commuting. And and so the days that she works, um, which is about three days a week, um, you know, she she has two extra hours, you know, an hour on either side of her shift um, that she drives. We choose to live here. I guess, number one, the the biggest reason that we choose to live here is because we feel like we belong here. I mean, it's it's almost like a calling. We, you know, we absolutely love it. And I'll get into the reasons why we love it. But so that's the first thing. I, I almost feel like we're we're called to be here. This is where we belong. The, the next thing that I would say is, you know, housing's a lot cheaper here. Um, you know, an equivalent house here, you know, you can buy homes here for between 50 and $70 yeah, a square foot. I paid 140000 for our house, uh, 40 minutes up the road. What would it sell for, you think? Uh, say, I mean, if you were Benton, in a... Yeah, if I were in, say, say Benton uh, um, area. What? I mean, you know, $100 a square foot plus, just depending on the condition and... Yeah. You know how new it is in the neighborhood and that sort of so thing. Probably be a two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you know, three thousand square foot house would be three hundred thousand dollars at the age of your house. If it was brand new, it would obviously be more than that. Yeah. And so that's one of the the big advantages is we don't have a lot of our wealth tied up in our home. We we don't have to. We have you know we I feel like we have a nice home. It's not anything extravagant. We've remodeled it uh, to our taste. Um, which uh, are not everybody's taste. I mean, we didn't paint the walls pink or anything, but you know, we, we, we have, everybody's got their own taste and um, you know, we both like kind of classic things and classic looks. We have a bathroom that's kind of made in 50 style. Um, that was my wife's brainchild, not mine, but I do love it. I, I think it's wonderful, you know? And um, so th- there's, that's another big reason, um, you know, beyond us feeling like we belong here. It's also a financial reason, you know, it's, it's less expensive for us to live here. Um, and then the third, the third big one is I know who to do business with. And that's a big deal for me. I can leave my house unlocked and I can call plumbers and electricians and various other folks. And I don't hesitate to let them into my house free reign with me not being there. And I don't have to be there with them. I can still be at work. Jenny can still be at work. And that's a big advantage in my opinion. These are people that I know. I, I know where they live. I know their children. Um, you, you know, and, and that's that's a huge thing for me. 
you don't have to look for the fish on the van, do you? I mean, you, you exactly. see these Christian-based businesses, but we know who the the people are that have Christian values and how they do business. Yeah, and and so I want to get into this from a from a discussion standpoint, and I want to I want to pose the question to you: How do you bless somebody financially? Do, I mean, is it right for us to give things to people that they can do for themselves? Yeah, I mean, uh, at what point are you enabling bad behavior? Right. You know, so, right. I think uh, it's important for us to be good stewards, uh, not only with our money toward God, but toward man. And so I think that small towns provide an opportunity for us to develop social capital, uh, relationships. You know, we're investing in relationships of which financially blessing is only a part of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Here's another good example of, of this. Um, you know, I had a gentleman uh, that I didn't know. And he, he came walking up to our house. I had seen him working in other people's yards in the neighborhood and just, you know, he wanted, he wanted some work. He didn't come asking for money. He came wanting work. Mm -hmm. And that's always the first thing that, that strikes with me is if, if a man is willing to work, I want to do what I can to get him a job. And, um, you you know, he's, he's not a young, young man. uh, Certainly, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how old he is. I think he's in his sixties. Um, and he still works very hard. And, um, every time he comes, he works hard and he gives it his all. And, uh, I pay him accordingly, you know, even if it's not necessarily what I needed to to do or that I couldn't do myself, but it was just the fact that he came wanting the work, needing the money and, and was willing to work for it. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think if I was in an urban area and a random person comes walking up to your house, I don't know that I would be that, you know, that, uh, that easy on them. Uh, this guy, you know, he's, he showed me where, you know, this is where I live. This, you know, here's my phone number. You you know, you can call me anytime. I'll come work anytime. Um, and, and that makes you a lot more comfortable. It's a different with, kind with of liability insurance. I mean, you call Absolutely. someone who's used him and they tell you whether, you know, he's straight up or not. So, right. And he's, and he's been very honest, um, through the whole process, uh, with everything. And that, that goes a long way with me. And, you know, speaking of qualities that I look for, you know, talking about who we do business with, I think this is a big deal. I think this is where the Christian community is really missing out. Um, and not just the Christian community, but also small towns are missing out and people that live in small towns and people that love small towns. So, you know, I have these questions that I kind of ask myself about someone, before I'm going to do business with them. And the first one is, you know, are they honest? If you're honest with me, even if you, if, even if you say, I'm not that good at trimming your shrubbery, but I want to try it anyway, I'm good with that. If you come to me and you tell me that you're the best shrubbery trimmer in the world and that you're going to make my shrubbery look the best ones in the neighborhood, I'm going to go, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, there's a hesitancy that I have with that, that type of, um, pride, that type of arrogance. And so I I value honesty over anything else when I'm talking about business relationships. That's the most important thing. Um, Then the second thing, second to that is competency. You know, do they know what they're doing? And um, that's not as important to me as the honesty. If I, if I know that somebody has got my best interest at heart, I can, I can deal with them having a lack of knowledge or a a lack of a skill set. And and then the, the other thing is, do you know them personally or do you only know them through gossip? Because I think every one of us in a small town, well, it, even in large towns, every one of us have have had experiences where there are things that are said about us that are not true. And a lot of times even within our own family, 
people don't, people don't know they, they hear things and then it gets multiplied and then it gets twisted and then it's, it's completely against, um, the truth. You know, it's, it's, it's an almost an exact opposite of the truth. And so I've heard some things about some people before. Um, and I don't want to give an example because we are in a small town, but I, I'd heard something about, um, some, some landowners and, um, that they were, you know, not good landlords and so on and so forth. Well, but that was gossip. And the reality is I have a relationship with this individual and they couldn't be any better, you know? And so there's always two perspectives to things and you need to hear it from the horse's mouth. And so when you deal with people in business situations, you don't need to listen to what other people say. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to hear them. It's okay to ask those questions. But if you have the opportunity to know them for yourself, then you're going to be way better off because somebody else's experience is not going to be your experience. You don't know what type of attitude they brought into that relationship that maybe caused a different reaction from someone. And we're in a smaller world and you can chase a lie down quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I've had some good experiences in this town with people that don't necessarily have a good reputation, you know, just because I know them and I've, you know, and you give them a chance, you, you have that conversation with them and, um, and, and sometimes they're even so honest as to the fact, well, my reputation about this is not that great, but you know, if you're willing to work with me, I'll, I'll do everything I can. And that's, that goes a long ways with me. You know, I wonder if, if things like Facebook has shrunk the world down to a small community where you can have a bad experience in a business and write up a bad review on them, you know, that goes out to your friends. Is that sort of an extension of small town communication Never thought about you that. Know, I mean, it I'm is. I'm just now thinking of that. But it, it's, yeah. it seems like the bigger we get, the more we're looking to to add value, small town values to the 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 mass of what we're in. Whether it's a large church or a large business, There's a you have to work harder and harder at trying to build community and establish personal relationships. And I guess that's what our social media tools are seeking to do, but, I think so. uh, but not complete with success with, uh, well, I'll give you another example. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, church sizes and it's important that a church is, um, too big or not too, not too small or, um, and, and there's those that are completely anti uh, mega churches, but there's a prejudice that's there. And I've actually had a good experience at a mega church, you know, Cypress Baptist and Benton. And it's, and it's not because they operate as we're this huge church with all these people and all this money and all these things to do and all these programs. It's because they operate in that small group, you know, and they focus on men and men being leaders, men being the spiritual leaders of the family. They focus on those men's Bible studies and, and women's Bible studies. And it, it's, it's beyond what happens on Sunday morning. You know, all these Bible studies are happening. They're, they're happening at, you know, coffee shops and in people's homes and, and other things. That's really what's caused the growth of that church. What was the size of your church at Cypress? So let's say Cypress has how many thousand people? Probably remember, uh, maybe pro- say 5,000. Uh, yeah, know. I don't know. Is I mean, they're several running, thousand members. So, yeah, it's several But your thousands. church, as far as the personal relationships that you developed uh, with staff and, and lay people, what would you say? 15, uh, 30, 100, 120? I mean, yeah, I mean, 50, I would I would say around 50 if you include church staff. And, yeah. um, you know, we taught Sunday school. And so you get to know, you know, we we, we had, Jenny and I had uh, about 20 second graders for, for two years there. And so we got to know the, the families of those second graders 
pretty well. Not not real well, but I mean, you get to know them a little bit. And um, and so, you know, there's a group there, and there's a, a course of group within your uh, wherever you do your Bible study, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's what makes a church that's of thousands seem small. I mean, to, right. yeah, to me, my church was yeah, your small church within you know, a big church, fifty to a hundred people, yeah. um, if you include everybody that you have contact with. Um, and and of course, we weren't because of where we lived um, during that time. We still here in Spring Hill, um, we weren't able to go to everything that that the church offered. And of course, the more things that you go to, the more things that you get involved in, the more people that you that you meet and that you know. And uh, so I think it's I think it's a good point that you make about Facebook uh, breaking down some of these barriers that have inhibited us. But there again, it's still gossip. I mean, right? Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's still gossip. Somebody else's endorsement. You know, I mean, me, me personally, if a celebrity or an athlete endorses a product, it means absolutely nothing to me. Right. Absolutely nothing. Um, I don't I don't value the opinions of athletes. And we can talk about that on another. T- <laughs> I don't value the opinions of athletes or celebrities at all, um, unless they're saying things that absolutely make sense. And and if they're endorsing a product, I know that they're endorsing it because they're being paid. So there's a conflict of interest there. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't mean anything to me. Where when somebody endorses someone because they say, you know, Pastor Tim is my next door neighbor. I go to church with him because I see him working in his yard and I visit with him and I get to know him personally, right? That means a lot more to me than, you know, some, somebody that I don't really know. That when you tell us. a lie or gossip on someone in a small town, eventually you're going to be sitting next to them at the cafe, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And on Facebook, yes. you know, you don't necessarily run into, I mean, there's, it's a faceless community and uh, you're probably not going to personally meet or run into the person you're lying about or gossiping about but and that's why accountability built into small absolutely and that's why james you know wrote so much uh about our 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 language our gossip our the the usage of our tongue i mean what what is it for it's for building people up not tearing people down and there's way more negativity in our world um, and it doesn't really matter whether you focus on it or not. There's way more negativity than there is, you know, positive thinking. And it's because it takes no effort. It takes no effort to, to see the, the bad things. It takes effort to have the right attitude and to see the positive things and to build people up. That takes effort. You have to be thinking that you want to build someone up. You have to take the focus from me and put it on we. And that's, to me, that's what a small town is all about. If we can have this mentality of we instead of me, then we're going to we're going to make different decisions. So for example, we've got uh, multiple gas stations in our town. That's odd. If you're if you're listening to this in your large town, I, we could technically count the gas stations and it's really not that many, but we do have some choices. Mm-hmm. But we have a family that has uh, a, a business that that has a gas station or, or, or gas pumps as part of that business. I choose to use them because I know the family. I know where they go to church. I know that they're involved. I know that they're honest and that they have good ethics and that they work hard. Um, I know I, I use another station that's locally owned, uh, you know, small, small town folks. And I use them every chance I get as well. And I try not to use Walmart, not, not that there's anything wrong with Walmart or, or using them as, as gas. Uh, to, for, I mean, I, we, we do use them all the time, right? I mean, our, our options are limited with some things in this town. But I try to divert as much money as I can to the people that I know, because I know that that's what's going to sustain our town is if we divert funds to where they're going to stay here. 
and they're going to get they're they're going to get funneled back into you know in a, in a tithing family they're going to go back to a local church that's here and then that church is going to be able to pay a pastor and then that church is going to be able to have local missions and that money gets to stay here when you do business with someone that's uh, that doesn't live here that is from out of town then you're sending your money elsewhere you're sending your money to their town and it's it's not that that's wrong it's just it's a choice that we have and I love Spring Hill, so I have to choose to divert funds here. Um, so when you buy a weed eater from Robert Smith, absolutely, that's more local than buying a weed eater here locally at Tractor and Supply. Exactly, because that money leaves town, but Robert's money is exactly. more likely to stay. And that's who I was talking about with yeah. the gas station. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, and, and by the, and by the same token, got nothing against Tractor Supply. Yeah. I have yeah. gone in there, right? And there's but when I if I can get it at Taylor's Feed, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Taylor's Feed. Or there's another local place in, in Sarepta that's a little further down the road, a little yeah, further Williamson's away from me. Yeah. You know, uh, we, Williamson, uh-huh. yeah. And I think any of these options are better than the chain, better than the people that we don't know who owns it, uh, better than the corporation. Um, and, yeah, it might cost us a couple bucks, but it costs us more money in the long run. And we know that because we're seeing businesses disappear all the time. It's, we already have advantages taken away from us by being a business owner, um, you know, having to pay both sides of social security, you know, um, the, the, the taxation rate for, uh, for everything is, is against the small business person. You know, the, the, the concept of buying things in bulk is against the small business person. So you would naturally have to pay a little bit more for things when you use a small business, but I think it's worth it. So the team, you know, that's playing at home, we say they have home field advantage, uh, same thing is true financially. Then there's a home uh, paying <laughs> advantage. Well, absolutely, playing advantage. And does that extend beyond the hometown to your home country? Yes, um, and and I, I think this is town first, state second, you know, country third. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when I get a chance to buy Louisiana manufactured products, mm-hmm. I'm going to choose that over a Michigan product. Um, Certainly not that it's wrong. And if it's made in the USA, you, you know, sometimes you don't get that choice. But if I know about businesses that are in-state, I'm going to choose to do business with those, if at all possible. Um, and I think this is something that we could do as Christians. We have so much power, and we don't even know it. I mean, we are consumers. Whether you want to be or not, we are consumers. And we get a choice in the products that we buy and the people that we do business with. And we're diverting so, so much of it overseas. I just bought a pair of boots. Um, made in the USA. They cost about $50 more than the equivalent that was made in China. They're not quite as comfortable, just being honest. They're not. Um, why did I buy them? Because it said made in the USA. That's why. And I, I, I know towns in Texas that used to manufacture boots, and that manufacturing plant shut down. And, you know, they either went out of business or they moved their manufacturing to China or Mexico. And look, those people in China and Mexico need jobs too, but we've got to take care of ourselves here as well. And it's not a selfish thought. It is, it's a stewardship thought. Those boots could have been made by the Uyghurs, slave labor in China. And they, yeah, you know, and they probably right were. You're encouraged. And, and uh, you know, that brings to mind like Major League Baseball that's uh, – Moving the all-star game from Atlanta, getting involved in the politics of, uh, of election, 
And at the same time, uh, they're investing money in China. Uh, they're investing money in Cuba where they don't have free elections. So we see a lot of hypocrisy of our corporations here. Uh, some are, I think, what's the word for corporateocracies or something like that? We're having a, a corporate, uh, you know, part of the cancel culture and a part of the the left wing uh, secular politics. Uh, the corporations and what's our correct- are being pressed. So, so can we use? Should we use our money? To protest through boycotts and these I, I don't know. Of things I or, mean, what, know, what 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 is the right response as a Christian? Um, I mean, certainly it makes me not want to go to a major league baseball game this year. And I love baseball, mm-hmm. but it makes me sick to think that they they moved it from Georgia because they changed the law that they didn't like. So it's against their narrative. So they moved out and they went somewhere else, and that makes me sick. Um, do I want to do the same thing to them? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really confused. It, it 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 upsets me. Why are corporations involved in anything other than just what their business is? The business of Major League Baseball is not to influence politics. It is not to um, change our minds about things. Their business is to put on baseball games, and that's what they should stick to. And I feel the same way about any corporation. I think the corporations need to mind their business and stay out of politics. I think it it opens up the door for corruption, which we know already exists. But at least if you don't hear about it, it doesn't bother you as much. So if they want to, if they want to support financially the socialist wing of our country, that's their business. But when you start making decisions like this, where you're punishing, you know, the people of Atlanta, the people of the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. because they didn't like a decision that was made by legislators, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why punish the people for decisions that were made legislatively? You know. Um, and, and so I have a big problem with that. And that's, and that's one of the reasons, and this was a, this is a minor thing, right? This is a minor thing when we compare it to what corporations are involved in profiting from abortion, profiting from pornography. And, and that's why I'm, I'm such an advocate of, of biblically responsible investing. And this is a big deal, Christians. This is a big deal. We have all this power with the money that we make and the money that we spend and who we choose to do business with, who we choose to invest in, and who we choose to profit from. And if we're using our money the way that the rest of the world is using it, our money is going to fund all this stuff that we've been talking about that we don't like. It's going to fund socialism. It's, It's helping to fund and encourage child labor in other countries. It's going to encourage a, a lack of freedom, a loss of freedom, and the destruction of capitalism in our country as as we divert our funds to this. And so it, it has to start with us as an individual where we are in our town. And I choose my my insurance agent based on relationship mm-hmm. and, and based on what I know about them. I choose my real estate agent because I know that he's a godly man and that he's honest. And he's going to give me the right opinion. I buy my gas where I know the people, where they're, they're godly people, and they're doing their best to raise their children the way that, that Christ wants them to. I use a pharmacy because, you know, Chris McIntyre is over there and his partner, and I know where they're at on Sunday morning, and I know where their hearts are at, and I know that um, there's not— it's not that we have a bad pharmacy in town. We don't even have a big pharmacy in our town. Every every pharmacy that we have is actually kind of locally owned, which I love. Yeah. But I choose I choose Chris and his business because I know him personally and I have this relationship. Sure. And he would go the extra mile for me. And I and I know that he's gone the extra mile for others mm-hmm. when they've gotten in a bind and they needed something. Mm-hmm. Not that other people aren't. I think that they probably do too. That's that's another advantage of a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I choose to do business. I choose my lawyer. There again, 
based on relationship, based on the fact that he's a godly man. Mm-hmm. And, and not to mention the fact that, that Stuart McMahon is one of the smartest people that I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very knowledgeable on a whole lot more than just law. Mm-hmm. But it's that godly aspect to his life that I want to be a part of. And if it costs me more money to do business with these people, I don't care because I'm getting more of a benefit from it. And they're getting a benefit from it. And I'm getting a joy from blessing their businesses by diverting my money to them. Right. And, and, and I know that it's staying local. And, you know, the big pictures, you look back at history, you see that church revivals, that Reformation produces renaissance of culture and, and uh, economy. You know, that when people do turn to the Lord and, and practice Christian values, it it pays off, you know, benevolently for the community. So absolutely, I think that's true. yeah. I think and we're then seeing... we look at the reverse of that now, like go woke, go broke. Right. I think is there beginning to be enough evidence that when you choose the uh, the current politics, that you pay a financial price for it, or some of these these far left companies like Starbucks and others, are they starting to pay the price? Uh, Target, you remember the the Target boycott? I think they lost. You know, millions and millions of dollars well, you know, over the bathroom issue, and I haven't and, uh, I honestly, know. I haven't looked at the numbers. Um, yeah, it is costing them some business, but they may pick up additional business. You know, there's there's that old saying that you know, uh, no such thing as bad press, or or you know, you know, and and so they're getting publicity where they lose some, they may gain some others. I mean, our country is really divided. I mean, we we really are. We have become a country of of, of capitalist versus socialist. We've become a country of Republicans versus Democrats. We've become a country of conservatives versus liberals. Um, we've, you know, I don't want to divide those two and make that to be the same as, as Christian versus secular, but there is certainly an element to the platform as a whole of the democratic party where they support abortion and Christians do not as a majority there. I know that there are some, that have their own, you know, issues, but um, you really have to struggle to find a godly pastor <laughs> that 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 thinks it's that there's anything okay with abortion. You know, yeah. you heard something in- interesting this week said that a U-Haul truck that you rent in Portland going to Boise, Idaho, is about nine hundred dollars to rent. Going from Boise to Portland, it's ninety dollars to rent. Wow, and you know that indicates where people are in terms of using their their choices financially and where to live. Um, I mean, we see that great exodus that's taking place out of yes. these cities that have aligned themselves with values that aren't American, and well, and, we're and, seeing a pushback on it. Yeah, and as you're familiar, I've, I've developed a relationship with a company um, that was originally based in California called Inspire, and um, I hope this isn't, I'm not, I think this is public knowledge, but they're, you know, they're in the process of moving to Idaho because, you know, I mean, California is not the place for a Christian company. Um, maybe not the place for any company, the way taxation is going and, and other things. There, are, of course, are going to be those that choose to stay there because those are the values that they represent. But um, we have a choice. We have a choice and, and we can choose to cancel or we can choose to bless. And instead of having the opinion that we're going to cancel this relationship because we don't like something that's going on. Maybe it's better to just have the attitude that we're going to bless this individual or this business because of where they stand in their relationship with God and their relationship with the community. And that's how I'm choosing to look at what I do personally. Um, It's not that I'm choosing not to do business with a certain real estate agent, but I'm choosing to bless a real estate agent because I know who he is. 
And, uh, you know, I would, I would hope that that could kind of catch fire and, and revitalize small towns because we do have more people working from home now than we had a year and a half ago because of COVID. And so we have people that have moved their jobs from, you know, a skyscraper to home and they can leave and they are leaving and they are leaving places that it costs a lot of money to live. And they're going to places that are cheaper. There are YouTube channels that are focused on, um, all these places that you can live in our country on $1,500 a month or less, which is probably a little light for a lot of folks. But, um, there are, there is a movement and there are people that are interested in finding places that they can live less expensive than the large cities. And they're getting a chance to get out. And I think it's a wonderful, uh, uh, an absolutely wonderful thing that I hope continues for a long time is, is a de-urbanization yeah. uh, where people are moving out of the big cities and into the smaller towns. And I, I hope that as Christians, we, um, we get a chance to bless people instead of canceling people. Um, I think that's the Christian attitude that we should have. Uh, I'm not going to cancel major league baseball, but I may choose not to go to a major league baseball game because I'd rather bless some other event with it. I mean, I, I told yeah, Jenny the, the other market, day, let the market determine. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right, yeah. I told Jenny the other day, okay, well maybe instead of going to, uh, to Dallas or to Houston for a, a, a major league baseball game, maybe we go down to Baton Rouge and we watch LSU or we, you know, we go mm-hmm. to art to watch an Arkansas game. Right. Um, just because not as much corruption there. And we're just choosing to bless them instead of canceling major league baseball. We're just kind of putting them on hold and, uh, maybe, it would be it would be great to hear an apology for that. I don't think we're going to get it, but anyway. The famous um, jurist Coke of um, of England. I, I think he lived back in the seventeenth, eighteenth century. But he said that an Englishman's home is his castle. And it's interesting that one thing unwittingly cancel culture may do is bring back the American homestead. You know, just what you're talking about: homeschooling, uh, home businesses, and. Maybe that is something God can use to strengthen the traditional family. Absolutely, yeah. and and that's a I think the homeschooling thing is something for a, a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, no. uh, as of right now, my wife and I are planning on homeschooling, not because we have anything against the teachers or the administration here locally of the public schools, but um, because we want to preserve and, and conserve um, the values that um, that God has placed in us, and we want to pass that to our children. Mm-hmm. And there's no better way to do that in my opinion, than through homeschooling. homeschooling. And um, it's not that we're anti-school. It's that we're, mm-hmm. it's that we're pro-Christian schooling or, or pro-godly schooling. Yeah, right, and pro-family. Absolutely. Making that choice for your family. Yeah. Well, we'll end on that note. Thank you again for listening in to Eye on the Ball. Uh, hope to catch you again soon. And we are on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Google Podcast and other various platforms, as well as on uh, the church website and my personal website. Uh, you have access to everything there, and we'll continue to do uh, the best we can as God gives us uh, topics to, to visit about. Uh, thank you. God bless. <laughs>